Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a brand new series to celebrate the symposium launch, a virtual gymnastics educational event hosted by Shift, June 10th to June 12th. Introducing The Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Victoria Cunningham. This week's mini podcast episode is another of the 2022 Shift Symposium guest speakers, Victoria Cunningham. Victoria owns Flight Athletics Academy in Tennessee. She is highly successful in compulsory and beginner level gymnastics and shares great content of her drills and physical preparation on her social media platforms. She will be presenting on day one of the symposium discussing everything you need to know about front handsprings. All right, I think there's three parts to the foundation. Uh, first, most important part is they have to love being in the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't love being in the gym, they're not going to make it to upper level gymnastics. They're going to do the classic quit as a level six going into level seven or level seven going into level eight. Um, it's not going to be fun for them. And so they have to they have to love the feeling of doing gymnastics. They have to love being in the gym, they have to love working hard, um, and they have to learn all of these things like having integrity. Um, Being able to train well when your coach is not watching you is a learned skill. Mm. It's not something that kids just inherently do. Um, And it's something that I talk about with my kids quite frequently. Um, So definitely training that integrity um, and the intrinsic motivation. Again, that's another learned skill. Um, with these kids. And so you have to talk to them about what, why are you doing this? Um, Why are you working hard? What are your goals? How are you going to get there? So that's kind of part one, Uh, making sure they love it and they, and they understand why they're doing it. Um, And then part two is the technical part. Um, I try to look at every year I look at kids that I have coached in compulsory or in lower level Excel and see where they're at with their I guess, mid to upper level, since my gym's pretty new, mid to upper level gymnastics. Um, And I see like, what, what's a problem area that they're, that they're struggling with right now. And then I bring that back down to my compulsory and lower level Excel coaching. And I say, okay, we're struggling with leg tightness on bars in level seven. Let's hit it really hard for levels one through five. Sure. Um, And so that's the technical Technical aspect is super important. So I always look at what are the problem areas. If I look at my level fives, I'm saying, what am I struggling with my with my level fives? I try to undo that for my next uh, four years worth of kids. Sure. So my ones, twos, threes, and fours. I'm going to work on everything that I'm struggling with them uh, on level five. And so that technical stuff is is really important. And then the third aspect is kind of what you said. Um, I teach my kids. I tell them things like, I need you guys to stand and look like you're ready to learn. Mm. Uh, I teach them how to respect their coaches and um, how to respect their teammates and how to respect themselves is one of the most important things because gymnasts are so incredibly hard on themselves. And I feel like that's a reason that a lot of kids will quit gymnastics moving into optional gymnastics. And I always tell them, you know, it's important that you are your own biggest cheerleader and that you talk to yourself the same way that you would talk to your teammates. So if you fall down, if your teammate fell down, you wouldn't be super hard on them. You wouldn't look at them and say, you know, um, what are you doing? I can't believe you just fell. You would say, it's all right, get back up. Mm. And you have to say the exact same thing to yourself. So that's one of the really important things that I feel like we need to establish in lower level gymnastics if we want them to have a 
good upper level career. Night is yeah, how do so you funny. create flat hips? What's on the other side of the front of your hips, your bottom? So yeah. squeezing their bottom, getting them to understand that shape. I have them do something called a tree fall. Even in our toddler program, uh, we just have them stand up and fall flat and have their hips pressed up at the mm. end of that fall and yep. just completely tight. What I do there is I go and I look and I'm like, oh, I'm going to check to make sure your hips are flat. And I have their little friends look as well. I'm like, are her hips flat or are they piked? Mm. Um, and I kind of go through those shapes with them and they're like, oh, those are piked. And then we fix it. And and then we're like, is that flat? And they're like, yep. And so uh, they're seeing it visually. So we do that all together. We do that in the toddler program. We do that in level one, level two, level three, all the way up. Um, once I teach them that, then we transition to the candlestick because mm. they're going to need to take that, you know, squeezing their bottom, keeping the hips pressed flat and move it into that, you know, now it's a candlestick um, and it becomes more difficult. And I use the word challenge a lot with my lower level kids. They love that word. For some reason, when you call something a challenge, they're just like, yes, like, let's go. I'm ready to do it. And so I always tell them, let's start with the candlestick with our arms down. So I have them start with the arms down because that's the easiest variation of the candlestick. Um, and then I have them pull one arm up just one. And a lot of people do, do the two arms up, but it's easier for them to control. And it also teaches them to use their, the sides of their core mm. to stay on that axis. Yep. So pull one hand up, hold there, pull two hands up, hold the candlestick. And I have their teammate watching them. So they'll have a partner or we'll do it all together watching for the flat hips. And as soon as they start to lose that, we say, Oh no, you have to put your arms back down. Mm. And then they put the arms back down. Um, they get back to that flat hip position. And I ask them again, constantly, I'm always asking them, which muscles are we squeezing to make this happen? I'm teaching my kids to be smart gymnasts so that when they go to optional level gymnastics and their coach says flat hips, they know exactly what to do. Mm. Like, oh, I squeeze my bottom for flat hips. That's easy. Yep. Um, but you have to teach that in lower level gymnastics. It doesn't just happen. You can't just say flat hips. You have to explain to them how to do that. So we have the kids watch and they say, are these hips flat? Then they can put both arms up they got it. their hips are still flat and then i say all right now's their challenge time can you pull your arms and put your fingertips on your thighs in your candlestick and hold it like that um and the kids just love that because they just topple over at first yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like oh no and we just it's fun it's fun when they when they fail it's yeah. okay um because they're learning uh, a lot of people skip level one. I do not skip level one a lot of people skip level two i also do i skip level two but i love the stretch jump the stretch jump is the best thing ever because the first thing that it teaches kids is to keep their chest up on the board, mm. which is what your biggest issue in level three, where kids want to touch the mat before they even hit the springboard. And you're like, what was that? I had a kid actually <laughs> just two days ago, my level ones. I was like, let's just try handstand flat backs. I just wanted to see. And she like put her face on the springboard. I was like, I'm not <laughs> Like, I don't know how that happened, but like, it, it wasn't right. I was like, okay, never mind. We're going back. I feel like when kids take you directions very literally, and you're like, yeah, that is exactly what I said, but please, I didn't want you to actually lay on the springboard. <laughs> <laughs> but kids love putting their chest down on the springboard. Yeah. And what does a stretch jump teach? Chest up on the springboard. And then also the stretch jump teaches pushing through your legs yeah. and going up. Flat hips. All, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flat hips. Taking all that forwards momentum and then changing the direction with it. Mm. And, and that's something that a lot of kids don't understand. They're like, I'm barreling towards it. I'm going so fast. And they just plow into it. 
Um, and if you don't teach your kids to change the direction of their power, then what are they, what are they ever going to do with that? I mean, it happens in tumbling. It happens in vaulting. That's one of the most important things is taking your power and being able to put it where you want it. Sure. Um, and running really fast, hitting a springboard and going up is hard. Yeah. It's really hard for kids. Um, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do with anybody starting vaulting is I call it the rocket ship launch. Uh, I mean, you can call it what you want, but that's that what works. I call it. I stand on the resi mat and I put my arms out and they like hook onto my arms. Um, and we use the trampoline springboard for this. Um, and I just bounce them on the trampoline springboard. And each time they come up, they have to straighten their legs flatten their hips and push through their toes. Yep. Um, teaching them how to punch through a springboard. So we do one, two, three, and then I kind of carry them up and, and lift them. And they have to maintain that like nice tight body position until they land on the resi in a plie. So I mean, bent knees. Um, yep. And so I say one, two, three rocket ship. And, or we say like take off. And then I say bent right as they hit the mat and they have to do that like nice landing with the, you know, the safe landing with the hips, I mean, legs, hip width apart, bent knees, every, everybody's talked about that, but we do that. Um, and so that is like so important. I love that. I call it the rocket ship launching. To what yeah. we do with our Excel kids, we use a star system. And so we list out all the requirements for bronze, silver, gold, platinum, and diamond. And for each of the requirements, they can get one star if they attempt something, two stars if they can do something safely and would get credit for it from a judge, but like number one, can they do it safely by themselves? Number two, are they gonna get credit for that skill from the judge? And then they can get three stars if they have minimal deductions on that skill. And owners, I recommend you get your um, your coaches judging training. Yep. Um, that's huge <laughs> because if they don't understand what's going on, then like how are they gonna coach your kids effectively? Sure. Um, so do that. Um, and if you are a coach and you have the means to get yourself um, judging certified, do that compulsory yeah. and Excel. Um, but three stars is minimal deductions on those skills. Um, and what that means is like, think about the value of the skill. And so like, if it's a vault, like I'm not going to say, oh, you, you, to get three stars, it's one to two tenths in deduction. Yeah. Um, nobody's scoring a nine, eight. I mean, some people are scoring on it. Yeah. My kids are not scoring a nine, eight on vaults. Um, in Excel, they're just not. Um, so like if they're like nine and above, I'll give them three stars on it. Cool. Um, and then I am very clear with communicating to the kids when they get to move up through the levels, when they, so I break down the levels, bronze one and bronze two, bronze one is the bare minimum requirements. Bronze two is something that's progressive to get them to silver. Once they have 80% of their bronze two stars, they can start training silver. Does that mean that they are going to compete silver? No. Yeah. Because they have to have two stars on all of their silver one stuff, which means, again, they can safely do them and get credit for them. And then they can compete silver. So in my silver group right now, we have like 15 silvers training silver. Three of them are still competing bronze. Mm. But they're training silver. Um but they don't have the stars yet to compete silver, but they're yeah. still in that group. And that is, that is the most effective thing that I think that we might do a little yeah. bit differently, or maybe it's a little unique. I'm not sure if other gyms do that. Oh. It works. 
It yeah. works. If you don't well. have, like, if you don't totally understand agree. how to build a skill from the ground up and each little step in between, then it's going to be really hard because you're going to need to throw kids through stuff. And it's also going to be dangerous for you and the kids. And so learn progressions, learn patience. Patience is a learned skill. And so be patient with your athletes and with yourself and get them to have solid, 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 solid basics. If they have solid basics, then they're going to be easier to coach. I think the biggest thing is when it comes to actually spotting. So let's say you really have to spot, work out, <laughs> get yeah. strong. Um, get yourself. D take care of yourself, maintain your body, but, and owners get spotting block, get things that make your coaches okay. feel safe while they're spotting. If they're going to keep your kids safe and your coaches safe, then get them. You know where I was saying like with the compulsory kids, like don't get lost with the fancy drills with my Excel kids. I get lost <laughs> with the fancy drills <laughs> because it's anything to make them comfortable, right? It's anything that that's going to really give them a nice solid understanding of what they're doing. And there's a lot of fear in the Excel program Fun. because I can't throw them around and manipulate them so easily. They're just more scared. And so if you can do something that makes them comfortable and makes them understand, do it. Yeah. Do it. Take the time to do it. Do not be prideful. Mm. You have to let go of that. If there's a kid that I can't spot, I can get someone to double spot with me. It's not that big of a deal. I always tell my coaches, I'm like, the best spotters know their limits and they know when to ask for help. And um, well, I'm, I'm a big communicator. I love talking. I love the sound of my own voice. No. Yeah, no, I'm a big communicator. And I always tell my parents, I'm like, I will never be offended if you ask me a question about what I'm doing because I know what I'm doing. So yeah. I'm happy to explain to you why I do this in level two because I've done it for a really long time. I've been in this sport for a really long time. Um, and so I think as a coach or as a gym owner, don't be offended when people come to you with questions mm. because they don't understand. And, and you hopefully understand you yes. do understand i hope you do um you do understand and and you need to communicate to your parents what your goals are so like when i go to parents i'm like this is my gym these are my goals you can choose to bring your child here or you can choose to bring them elsewhere here are the phone numbers for other gyms um if you don't align with our program goals, then it's not the best fit. And don't be offended at that. Like yeah. if you're a gym owner and someone comes to your gym and they're like, I don't like this. That's cool. Yeah. They can go somewhere else. So like, don't, you don't have to try to hold on to every parent and every kid. Hold on to the people that align with your mission and your goals um, and communicate those openly all the time. Like that. Right. I cannot explain to you how often we go over our mission and it's not like, let me read you my paragraph long mission statement. We go over our mission every time we open our mouths, mm. every time we make a decision, every time I do anything, it's in line with my mission and I'm really clear about it. And that makes the parents comfortable. If you're wishy-washy all over the place, you're like, oh, yeah, that kid, I could totally get to the Olympics. And, yeah, I'll also take this kid who can't do a forward roll and we're going to work on this. And you're putting them in the same group together. The parents are going to be like, hey, how's, how's Susie going to get to the Olympics if this kid can't do a forward roll and she's focused on forward roll? Like you need yeah. to. You need to be clear.
Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Tickets and full information can be found online at www.shiftmovementscience.com forward slash 2022 Shift Symposium. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you want to have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it. And uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.